We have a stacked show for you guys. Updates on the NBA and NHL playoffs, along with a lot of other drama and news in the basketball world. We'll talk some Major League Baseball, going over some of the biggest surprises and disappointments of the season. There's another blockbuster trade in the NFL to talk about. We got Logan Paul versus Mayweather, and Team USA men's soccer finally does not disappoint. That's all in today's episode. All right, let's get it. Listening to the Sports Social Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Hunterkamp and Chris Arnold. And welcome into the second episode of the Sports Social Podcast. Been about a week since our first episode. Thank you for listening to the first one, and we're excited for the second one. As you heard my buddy Chris say, a stacked show for you here today or this evening, whenever you may be listening. Plenty to talk about. NHL and NBA still going on. Big trade with Julio. Going to touch on MLB. We didn't do that in the last podcast. Uh, big CONCACAF Nations League uh, victory for Team USA last night over Mexico. And we had a big Logan Paul versus Floyd Money Mayweather fight uh, happen last night. Big Money May. Big no. fight. Didn't really pan out. We'll talk about that later. First of all, Chris, how you doing tonight? I'm fantastic, Andrew. How are you doing? Hanging in there, ready for another episode, yeah. ready for... Does, uh, does legs start working yet? No, they did not. Uh, still waiting <laughs> on that. But uh, in the meantime, while I wait on that, we're going to uh, hop in on another show. I guess first, we're going to start with the more prevalent stuff, the stuff that's happening right now. Currently, NHL games going on, some NBA games going on, playoffs in full swing. Uh, both... Uh, sports are in their second round. Uh, has there been anything kind of standing out to you, anything that you've been noticing uh, lately that, that kind of has been catching your eye? Yeah, NHL, obviously the the Canadians, I mean, what the hell? They came out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Beating the Maple Leafs, now they're up 3-0 against the Jets. I mean, they're, they're impressing. I yeah, still they, think that if they get through, which they obviously will, they're going to get curb stomped by either Vegas or Colorado because – they're just not up to that standard, but I mean, they're impressing. I didn't expect this to come at all. Yeah, they they were down three one to the uh, Maple Leafs in the opening series. They won the opening game against Toronto, then uh, dropped the next three, and then ended up winning the next three to kind of stun everybody. You know, everybody was kind of looking forward to maybe that Austin Matthews Connor McDavid yeah. second round matchup with the Oilers and the uh, Maple Leafs, and we ended up getting. Uh, Montreal and Winnipeg <laughs> and uh, uh, the Canadians are currently on a six game win streak. So that that's impressive as well. Like I said, uh, yeah, really yeah, been impressive. Uh, three shorthanded goals in that, in that series as well. Just kind of taking everybody by surprise. I know that their, their young kids have really stepped up. Uh, so it, I think it's a, a big step forward for the franchise, but as you said, I, I don't think they're on the level of, at Tampa Bay or Boston or even a, even an Islanders, uh, both of those series are going on right yeah, now. No. It's good uh, for their fan base to go as far as they have, but it's it's not going to end pretty for them. I hate yeah, to say it, but it's not. And I, I think, off the top of my head, I think probably the best matchup in that 
in the East would probably be uh, Tampa Bay and, and Boston, obviously the two powerhouses, but uh, the Islanders uh, are going away easily as well. I believe I looked that game's currently going on. It's currently one-to-one, I believe, end of the first around there as well. Two-two in that series. Definitely been uh, action-packed slate of games. It's two-two uh, with Vegas and Colorado. Colorado winning the first two. Vegas winning the next two. Headed back to Colorado. Two-two. Uh, I could see that series easily going seven games. Yeah, I think both uh, of those series will go the whole time. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think any of those two, Colorado or Vegas and uh, in Tampa Bay, will be one hell of a matchup in the finals. But we'll, we'll see. As I said, the, uh, the Islanders and not going away easily. So it, it'll be fun down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, so we'll and see. The happens. Lightning will easily take care of. Carolina, so they're just series. I believe they won the last game on uh, I think it was uh, Saturday. Saturday was last. Yes, they, they, they won six uh, four. So they had uh, that. That was a that was an action packed game as well. Kind of back and forth, uh, a lot of goals in that second period. But yeah, that that offense for Tampa Bay, uh, that power play, and then if Vas- Vasilevsky is up to his uh, normal form. They're uh, stacked all the way around. Yeah, and the the one game Carolina won, they they barely won. It took them to to OT just to get that out, and they struggled. I think they honestly, I think they got lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Obviously, a long way to go, as we kind of mentioned before we hopped on. The the NHL playoffs are are a long, yes, long time are. drawn out. It is a grueler. Yeah, it is, and that, there's a reason. It's it's the uh, – a lot of people say it's the hardest trophy in sports to win, and I believe that's the reason is just because it's constant. You know, you're, you're putting your body on the line all the time. Uh, but it, it definitely is fun to watch and, and uh, will be interesting to uh, follow those series as they continue. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to transition into some NBA playoffs now. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Um, again, at same as NHL, uh, those playoff series are in full swing. The first round uh, games just ended yesterday with uh, yep. last night Dallas, Dallas, Dallas and uh, the Clippers playing in a game seven. I really thought Dallas could pull it out and make a long run, but man. I did too. I had them. Brutal. I had them in the finals. Um, but, I got out to the Clippers, but uh, Luca just didn't he, have enough help. He played uh, his heart out. He, he really did. did everything he possibly could have. And that's kind of something I, I wanted to talk about. Is as I've said, he he obviously didn't get a whole lot of help. He he was crazy in that series, um, putting up numbers, taking a lot of shots, and 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 along that line with all those shots, Porzingis said he. Kristaps uh, Porzingis, obviously his running mate there in Dallas, one-two punch. Felt like he said that he felt like he wasn't part of a one-two punch. He was kind yeah, of a, yeah, it was more like a one-one-and-a-half punch. Yeah, he felt like he, he wasn't included in that big two or, or part of the big two. And, you know, I, I don't know if if he's the right fit with Luke's game. I don't know if it's part of the offense. Uh, but – It'll be interesting to see where they go with him. Obviously, still young, 22 years old, incredible talent. Uh, 
uh, said that he plans to sign a Supermax uh, contract this summer. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how yeah, they build I, around I don't him. think it's going to be with the Mavericks. I don't. The, uh, Perzingis? You're talking about, you're yeah, talking about yeah, they, yeah, I don't yeah, think he's going back yeah. to the Mavericks. I don't. It was reported they're going to have to find a better fit to play with Luca. It was reported that Marcus Smart might be a fit there. I could see that. That would be nice. But they I think said, he'd play great with Luca. I, I saw something that said, you know, if if Luca is signed to that super max contract over two hundred million for the next five, six years, whatever it is, it, yeah. it could it could be harder to to you know move Porzingis and build around him. Uh, you know, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, if if. And they gave him a massive contract. And, and you're right. I, I don't think he's the right fit. I don't think he, he plays the right style of game. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's the offensive fit. You know, he's a he's a 7-3 guy, tries to stretch. I think he should be in the post more. But uh, it just it obviously didn't work out. And uh, like you said, uh, I thought they, they were going to pull it out. They, they had a – they – won the first two games in LA and then uh, Clippers came back and won two in Dallas. The only team to win a home game in that series was game seven and the Clippers. So uh, that was really, I did not. Wow. You're right. I didn't notice that. That's, that's uh, weird. So it'll be interesting to see what I I put up Lucas stats and he was for the series 35.7 points per game. Eight rebounds a game and ten assists. That's, I mean, that, that's stat line. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a stat line that tells you he did not have that much help. Well, and they, I mean, he they, they forced you know they uh, tried to double him at times and take the ball out of his hands and he, he made the right plays. Uh, but also too quick quickly on that series. I mean, shout out to Kawhi Leonard, uh, the second guy since uh, the year two thousand to. Uh, Average uh, over 30 points per game and shoot uh, 60% from the field in a seven game series uh, since Shaquille O'Neal. Um, and also, uh, I saw this this morning, I believe it was on first take. Shaquille's average distance per shot was uh, about five feet, obviously, because he, he's down low, you know, and uh, Kawhi Leonard's average <laughs> yeah. uh, shot distance was uh, 13 feet. So he, you know, he was money for mid-range and he he was big time on the road and yeah that's been that's been his thing since he started playing the league he's always been the the mid-range guy that just doesn't miss from there that's his deal so then so now the uh second round is underway with uh the clippers facing utah i think that'll be an interesting series uh denver and phoenix tonight uh milwaukee and brooklyn uh, game two tonight, no James Harden left uh, 43 seconds into game one with a hamstring injury. He's out. Yeah. He'll be, I thought he'll be back to the next game. Oh, for sure. He'll miss yeah, this one. He'll be back to the next one. Yeah. Probably just a irritation on his part. He'll be all right. And then uh, Philadelphia and Atlanta, the Hawks knocking out the Knicks in the opening round and going into Philly and winning game one, Trey Young with a – Game high 35, or team high 35. Joel Embiid had 39. Uh, wasn't even sure if he was going to be able to play with his knee injury, but he did. He had 39 and nine rebounds. And the uh, Hawks 
set a team playoff record for uh, threes in the game. They were 20 of 47 from behind wow. the three-point line. Uh, so that was a big reason they had won the game. They were up 26 uh, in the game, but uh, kind of struggled there at the end, turning the ball over quite a bit. But we're able to pull yeah. it out. So it was a good. It was it was a good game. I watched. I got to watch bits and pieces here and there. I was busy doing some other work around the house, but I was watching bits and pieces, and it looks exciting. Trey Young is super fun to watch. I mean, yeah, he's he incredible. He's turning into the NBA bad boy to all the opposing teams' fans. Right. Everybody hates right. him, but from a person who's not a fan of any of the teams he's been playing, I love it. I love being able to watch that, being able to instigate the fans, get into the game, be yeah. exciting to watch like that. It's I, I love it. It's awesome. Do you, Do you have any uh, any any thoughts on the on these current series or? Yeah, uh, R.I.P. LeBron. That's all I got to say about that one. I, I want to <laughs> first like time said, ever losing in the first round of the playoffs. That's right. And I, I want except I, I had Dallas going to the finals, and you had. The Lakers going to the yep. finals, right? Yep. So, that was a hot take that did uh, not one, pan out. One series in, we each have one team <laughs> out of our NBA Finals matchup. But you know what? So, I'm proud of that because I but, like the Phoenix Suns, so now I can unshamelessly root for them because yeah, I, I, I got to pick for somebody now. I had Phoenix playing Dallas in the final in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Yeah, Devin Booker Devin is Booker. one of my favorite players. I've loved him since he was at UK because I'm a UK basketball fan with a bunch of my cousins going to UK. And I've loved him ever since he was at UK. And he's just continued on that consistently through the NBA. And now that he's actually got some pieces around him to help bring the Phoenix Suns up to a more competitive team, they're they're making a run. And I can see them. I can see them easily handling Denver and moving on past either Clippers or Jazz and taking that spot from the – mentioned Lakers in the finals. I, I could root for that. I would love that. Do, do you think uh, Devin Booker is a top 10 player in the NBA right now? Oh. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I think I, it's, it might be it might be controversial, but I do. No, I, I agree. De- it, definitely top 15. I think yeah, he I could just, break top 10. I was going to say, I think it's close to top 10. He's definitely moving up the charts. If he's not top 10, he's, he's fringe top 10 uh but yeah i mean it, it's interesting phoenix ha- hadn't won a playoff series in, in forever it's been ages since they had won and and like you said that he's finally finally starting to get pieces around him he can really he's a he's a walking bucket as uh people like to say sometimes you know he can definitely uh score he's he's becoming a fun player to watch as well you, know, you mentioned uh luca and uh being fun to watch and but booker as well he's He's been a, he's becoming a uh, fun player to watch. Yeah, um, and on the on the other side, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. I mean, Giannis, he's had every chance he can. If he loses this one, I don't know, man. That guy's he's got he's got to produce. Yeah, he's got it, enough chances. They're they're putting people around him, and he just continues to he wins the first round easily and now he's getting up there and struggling i didn't see what was his stats last night i didn't get to look at that he only only had 18 points last night which is not a usual stat line for antikumpo and you're right i think i think it's kind of starting to he's still a young guy so he's got plenty of time but a guy of his talent 
he's definitely going to have the eyes on him. So I think it's kind of time for him to take that next step, as, as you kind of alluded to, especially with, uh, with James Harden out for pretty much that whole game, game one. Um, I, I thought, I thought it was obviously an opportunity for them to, you know, steal a game in Brooklyn. Uh, and, but they, they just didn't do it. And uh, Durant and Irving were tremendous again. And Blake Griffin helped them out. They've got tremendous offensive talent, as we know Brook, Brooklyn does. And, and so does, yeah. uh, so does Milwaukee um, with, you know, the big three making that trade for Drew Holiday and uh, Chris Middleton and, and Anthony Kumpo as well. Uh, so it's a, a fun, that'll be a fun series. And, and, but as we, with our NBA finals picks, we both think uh, Brooklyn will make it all the way. I think. If oh, wow. Atlanta, whatever stat I, sorry to interrupt. But whatever stat I saw was wrong. He had 34 points last night, not 18. I don't know where the 18 came from, but I was dead wrong on that. So he did have a pretty good game. But still, uh, still wasn't enough. Uh, yeah, I, and no. I don't know. You know, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's a long series. Uh, I do think, as you said earlier, I think Harden Harden will be back soon. I think it's just more kind of precautionary. I obviously don't know, really know how serious it is. Yeah. Obviously, winning winning that first game, you know, gives them a little bit of time where they don't necessarily have to rush him back. Yeah, and currently too much. they are playing right now, and Brooklyn is up forty three to twenty five as we speak. Are they okay? All yes. Right. So, uh, is anybody having having a Outstanding performance currently. Do you, do you have that in front of me? Let me pull it up right here. Let's see. I think it'll be tough if obviously they they'd go back to Milwaukee down 2-0, and but that would almost make that game three uh, a must win. You obviously don't want to go down. Yeah. Uh, down 3-0. Durant's, uh, Durant's got 13 already. Kyrie's got nine. Really, the only person for the Bucks that's scoring right now is Holiday. Giannis, Giannis only has two points. Two points. He's one for five. Got three assists and four rebounds, but one for five starting out pretty cold. Helps to, it's, it, it, 840 left in the second, so better get heated up pretty quick or the Nets are going to just run away with this one. That, that Brooklyn offense almost seems to be better without heart. Is, I mean, is they, that, they're pretty spread out pretty evenly. I mean, it's Durant has 13, Griffin with five, Harris with seven, Brown with six, and Irving with nine. It's without Harden, it's pretty spread out pretty evenly. Seem to be working more as a team without the high scoring Harden on the floor, which isn't surprising because, you know, Harden likes to demand the ball because that's just his star power. That's who he is. He likes right. to have the ball in his hands and score as much as possible. And as we mentioned in the intro or the first podcast, I can't remember, but what a what a situation for Steve Nash to yeah, first uh, first head coaching job to get three all-stars like that and to be able to put, you know, all these guys around him, uh, star NBA, uh, NBA players in their own right. You know, Joe Harris, a solid player, Blake Griffin, an all-star you know, all these accolades as well. So uh, he's been playing terrific defense so far in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's not a stat that everybody gets to see, but if you watch some of the games and look at some of the other things that aren't really on stat lines, he's been playing some pretty good defense. So he's been doing his part, not really scoring a bunch, but 
it's the unseen things that Blake Griffin's been doing, which is really good to see. And back in his, oh, not really, I wouldn't say his prime, but getting close to it. Yeah, when he when he moved from Detroit to Brooklyn this year, it was kind of a resurgence for him. And obviously, yeah, you know, it helps to go from from Detroit to a situation like Brooklyn, but um, it, it definitely kind of brought back some of his Clipper days. You know, to where he he's been dunking the ball. I think he's got had yep. like 19 dunks in the first uh, X amount of games, and he he didn't have any as a member of the Pistons this year. So he's de- he's definitely found that second win, that that second energy that has has really been a a big contributing factor to a successful Brooklyn run. So we'll see uh, if yeah, yeah, it has. Do, do you think so? So you think they'll move on, they move past uh, Milwaukee? Oh yeah, and you think I, I think they'll. I want to say four to two, six games. They'll, they'll win it. They'll win it in six. Yeah, four to two. And do you think uh, Philly will figure it out and get past Atlanta? It'll be a, a Brooklyn. Uh, no, no. You, I do you think Atlanta? I do think Atlanta. Atlanta's hot right now. They're they're struggling at the end of games, but I think Trey Long Trey Young is going to lead them to the promised land, and they're 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 hot. I mean, it's hard to stop a hot team like that. And this this might be looking a little, a little further ahead, but if if your scenario does come true, does Atlanta have any sort of shot against Brooklyn? No, I mean they'll they'll put up a fight, but I don't think anybody has power to stop Brooklyn. Five right games now. probably. Yeah, it's excuse that noise. That is my alarm going off. <laughs> but staying in the NBA, we got some other things to talk about in that realm. First off is uh something that's. Not good. It's not good to see, not good to hear about, but fans throwing things and just not not just not being good fans to some of these players. I mean Yeah, it's a it's a definite Kyrie had a water bottle thrown at him. Westbrook had popcorn dumped on him walking back to the locker room. I mean it's it's disgusting. It's ridiculous. It's a definite problem. It's not the first time that something a string of these events have happened. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it's everybody finally being back in the stands. It's all that just built up aggression and excitement, which I I I love seeing the excitement and the personalities of the fans coming back out. But there's a line that you can't cross. I mean, make your signs, shout your. I mean, obviously you don't attack them, but shout at them. Tell them they suck. Tell them they're playing terrible. Tell them. I mean, look things up. Look things up. Say. I've heard some uh, NBA players on interviews say that people look things up about their family members and shout those at them, and that gets in their head. But that's not like attacking them, saying racial yeah. slurs or calling them awful names or throwing things at them. You can have that excitement and have that passion without crossing the line. And some of these people are just – they're taking it too far, and it's taking bad things out of the game. I've seen some people say that, they want the NBA to go back to playing with no fans for the playoffs, which is not what you want to see. Some of these fans are just going to ruin it for everybody else, which is, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to see that. Yeah. And, and, and some of that's kind of along the lines of what Russell Westbrook said. He just, he just said, you know, there, there's a line and, and, and obviously you got to know that line and, and to, to just do something like that. Uh, Trey Young was spit on in Madison Square Garden. And, and as you said, popcorn and water bottles and, and all these things, it's just it's just not part of the game. And and yeah. as Westbrook said, you know, it is fun to have that electric atmosphere back of the fans. And I, I'm sure, as you said, they're excited to be back. But you just got to kind of understand that, you know, 
there's just really no reason or rationale for it. There's no nothing you can come up with that you know makes it make sense or, or uh, gives a, a good reason for it to happen. You just kind of want to sit back and you know and, and enjoy these games and enjoy those these performances. You know, like we're seeing with you know yeah. Luca and Kawhi and and these guys that put on a show and there's a reason you know they're the best in the world and and definitely don't want the fans to get in the way you know of these opportunities and and these shows or these performances uh of these players that that were again given the opportunity to watch with fans being able to be back in arenas and stadiums all around the country and the world yeah. so and staying on track with just disappointing and bad things to see in the NBA game 5 of the Lakers and Suns, LeBron leaves the bench with five minutes left to go back in, as he says, start his recovery for the next game. I think it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm a LeBron fan. I've said it before, but I think this is ridiculous. It's disgusting. I hate it. Don't, I mean, that's just, you're giving up that's to, to his teammates. That shows that he is giving up on them. He has no faith in them. I mean, if I was his teammates, I would, I'd want him not to play anymore. If it wasn't LeBron James, obviously he's not going to not play. But if this was somebody that wasn't a superstar like him, I'd say sit his ass next game. He doesn't deserve to play because, I mean, I don't care who you are. You stay on that bench till the game is over. You stay out there, you support your team. Obviously they weren't going to win, but, I mean, that's just showing it's a lack of heart on his part, which obviously he's not – he's shown that a couple times before, but – Everybody knows how much heart LeBron has. I mean, he's led teams single-handedly to finals and league titles, but it's – I mean, I just I, – I can't I, – I hate it. As a LeBron fan, I hate to see it. It's very disappointing. Yeah, and as you mentioned, they, they weren't going to win. I believe they were down 30, 30-some points at that point. And uh, he also didn't – and didn't uh, shake the the uh, Phoenix Suns player's hand yeah. at, the end, at the end of the series, so – yeah, he's acting very childish right now, which is yeah, and, disappointing to see in his final coming seasons in the NBA because, I mean, he's getting old. But You know, and like you said, it was disappointing. It's the first time that he's ever lost uh, in the first round, as you, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, just kind of a disappointing kind of run for the Lakers there. Obviously, Anthony Davis kind of unable to play and going through a lot of injuries and having to – uh, go through the playing tournament to get to the playoffs. You know, he was very outspoken about that. Uh, just kind of sometimes, and as you said, if it probably wasn't LeBron James or, or somebody bigger, uh, it, it might, it, it just gets, uh, I guess, not really magnified, you know, because it, it is a big issue. Like you said, he, he should have stayed on the bench, but um, yeah, yeah, it, it, just, it just shows a lack of heart. I mean, yes. Yeah. That's no, all it is. I agree. It's, I mean, you, you don't do that. <laughs> you don't just leave your team out there hanging to dry. I don't care how big of a superstar you are. That's, I mean, I would, if I was just, like I said, if I was his teammates, I would, I would see that as something as he's giving up on them, which. Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely. It, it, sucks, you know, it sucks to see. Yeah. Ride or die with your teammates. And, yeah. Uh, you, you go through the whole process together, the ups and the downs and. And for him to just kind of say, you know, I'm I'm out of this early. I know I know we're not we're done. You know, like I said, it just shows a lack of heart, a lack of yeah. And I've seen interest. some of his teammates have come out and said, like, oh, they understand he's going to recover for the next game. But you know, they're just saying that for the for the interviews and for the 
yeah. news reporters they're, right. they're you know that they're thinking oh that wow and, dude come on and, and i mean yeah that's something you handle like in in the locker room and the, in the uh, internally you know you don't come out and say you know we hate this guy obviously he's one of the greatest players of all time yeah uh, still but yeah i mean you know you, you you like to see him as i said even you know the good times and the bad times just be there throughout the whole process so it was kind of interesting uh to kind of see that kind of read about that kind of uh, see that situation unfold yeah but anyway on a brighter note some good things that are going on in the nba danny angie is stepping down and brad stevens is going into more of a front office role so they're going to be looking for a new coach finally get a change in that organization because the celtics have been just on a downhill slope in these past couple years so hopefully they'll get a spark going on them and get them back to those times when they're going to the NBA finals against the Cavs and, or sorry, the conference finals against the Cavs and hopefully get back to a better time for that team. Cause they have just been not producing like they should with the star power they have that they're just haven't been producing as they should be with the wins and the, the hard losses that they have. So hopefully Brad Stevens stepping into more of a front office role rather than a coach will be helping them. Yeah, kind of, I mean, kind of an interesting fit, right? I mean, you go from the head coach to the, you know, basketball operations front office side of things. So your head coach immediately is looking for the next head coach, a position that you just vacated. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, where they go to fill that. Uh, I saw, you know, potentially Jason Kidd has been uh, rumored to be uh, – a man of interest for a few teams, you know, maybe, maybe the Lakers, if that position were to open up trailblazers, I know uh, Damian Lillard said that he would want Jason Kidd to be his head coach, but he pulled out of that vacancy. Uh, that's another interesting situation mm-hmm. kind of off top or quick. I could just kind of see where Damian Lillard goes. I don't know if he'll uh, end up in port, stay in Portland or whatnot, but Terry Stotts parted ways with the uh, trailblazers. So it'll be interesting to see, kind of on that head coaching line. Uh, it'd be interesting to see um, where they go with that. But, yeah, I mean, back to Brad Stevens, I think he'll face a little bit more pressure even, you know, because it, it'll be on him to kind of, as you said, kind of remold this franchise, a franchise, a very historic franchise, obviously, yeah. um, kind of remold them and uh, a team that got bounced. That's the best decision that team can make because he knows the team better than anybody they didn't do well in the bubble and they didn't do well in the first round here, obviously uh, didn't have Jalen Brown in the, in the playoffs this year. J- Jason Tatum is one hell of a player. Uh, oh, going to be yeah. able to build around him for a long time. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the duo, I mean, we'll of, the duo of Tatum and Brown. I mean, that's something you can build around for years, years to come. Yeah. And I think, I think they kind of, kind of need that third guy to go with them. Obviously they were hoping that Kemba Walker might be that individual <laughs> and that, Sure, if he is or not, uh, but it being in the east, you know, they they struggled this year and they they you know slid in at the seven seed being in the east and with the talent that they do have with Tatum and Brown and and some of those other younger guys that hopefully uh can step up for them. I I think they'll be around for a long time. And as I said, it it was interesting to kind of hear that he was kind of stepping down and I guess not really stepping down, but but that Brad Stevens was going to take over for yeah, him. Moving into a new position. Yeah, and I, I assume 
something like that was has probably been kind of talked about for for a while. I, I think that's not something that you just kind of hear about on a whim. So yeah. I assume that that had had been kind of in the works. Obviously, he was focused on being the head coach at the time, but um, you know, a, a younger guy who turned down the. Uh, Indiana has wanted him in the college ranks for a long time. Turned them down a couple times. Uh, so something we'll I didn't realize. Do, do you know how long Brad Stevens has actually been the coach of the Celtics? Is it something that I didn't realize? He, I didn't feel like he has been in there that long. I, I would say what seven, eight years. Twenty thirteen is when he started. Yeah. So I, 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 I just didn't seem like he's been in there that long. But yeah, I mean, he's he a, he's a, do you have how how old is he? Do you have do you have that? Uh, He's got to be on he the younger is side. Still. Forty-four. Yeah, I mean, so that's on the young, younger-ish For side, coach, right? yeah, he's younger. He's youngish, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I think it's a a good time for him to transition if he is, and oh yeah, and, uh, I think he'll be yeah, all right. Well, yeah, we'll see where they go with that. And then moving on from NBA into the uh, the college ranks, a legend is leaving us. As much as I hate him, I hate that team. Sucks to see him go. Coach K finally announced that after this next season, he is going to retire, which comes to no shock to anybody because, I mean, the time's coming. Roy Williams retired last year. Mm. All those older, old-style guys are leaving because the game is evolving. And, of course, Coach K is not going to go out without his honeymoon tour of going praise to him and (laughs) giving him presents. I mean, that's just Coach K for you. You know – and then that's a good point. You, you mentioned with Roy Williams, we're kind of seeing a, a slow, slow transition into this uh, younger, younger phase, I would say. You know, Lon Kruger retired as well. Bill Self is, is still going to be at Kansas, but for how long? Who knows? He yeah. just signed a lifetime contract and Calipari as well. But we're starting to see a younger phase. So it'll be they, they've he's already got his head coach that he wants John Shire, who's former Duke player. I believe he's currently 33. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, uh, coach K, what, a, I mean, just, just, a, just a legend overall. He's been to the head coach of Duke since 1980, uh, wins, the most all time, 97 tournament wins, the most all time. Uh, just, a, a good, you know, you might, might, uh, not like his tactics at times, you know, they, they, um, you know, made a lot of headlines this past year, you know, uh, pulling out of their non-conference schedule yeah. with, they said it was COVID and then Jalen, uh, Jalen Johnson left the program. And, uh, but, uh, he just didn't want to get embarrassed. You know what, not, what not he making the tournament. I don't know. If, have you ever seen that, seen that, uh, uh I don't know if it was a 30 for 30 or like an ACC network special. It was the, it's called the uh, class that saved coach K. It's about the 1985 recruiting class that brought in like Jay Billis and Johnny Dawkins. And uh, you know, it was a a program that was really struggling and and same to that started his uh, coaching career at army. Uh, Army was a seven and 44 uh, program when he first started. And when he left there, the, he left there with a career record of 73 and 59. So uh, he's definitely, you know, built uh, many great relationships, obviously being in the, being in the uh, game for, for that long, it's unheard of now. And, and I don't, I don't think he's going to leave the game. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll retire and, and do other things, but he'll, 
he'll retire around. for a couple years and then he'll come back as a either an athletic director yeah, or I was some type say, of like, like an assistant person. to the AD yeah. or like something in basketball operations. He'll, he'll be around that program. Yeah, he'll, he'll be gone no. for like two years and then he'll miss it too much. He'll come right back. He'll be around that program until he physically cannot anymore. Oh, which yeah. Is, which, I mean, he it's he it's built good, that program up to yeah. the way it is and it's yeah. that's his that's his baby. Yeah, I can't sure. I can only imagine the, that last game in Cameron Indoor how many stars are going to be there to show oh. him off? I mean, yeah, he's got I, all his Duke players. He's got Team USA players that are going to be there. I mean, it's it's going to be a packed crowd there. Yeah, and, that, and that's unreal. the thing. You know, he's he, he's not just done it at the college level. He's he he's been approached. You know, being at the college level for so long, he was asked you know to be the head of the U.S. national team, winning all those gold medals. So, you know, he, he's done it in many different areas and. uh and, and as you said, had many different players under him. Uh, so, yeah, I, it'll be an emotional uh, time for him, I'm sure. But but as I kind of said, I, I believe that he'll he'll always be around the game. Uh, yeah, so, oh, he will. 100% he will. Yeah. All right, well, I want to move on to some little MLB talk now. Yeah, I think, it's, uh, I think it's a good time to finally touch on – on MLB, we didn't touch on it in the first podcast. Yeah, there were about 60, 60-ish games in. Yeah, some, about 60-ish games in. So we're kind of getting gearing towards the All-Star break, kind of finally seeing, you know, who's who's the cream of the crop, who, you know, who, where are teams at. And and uh, it's definitely a good uh, time to touch on. I know you're a Cincinnati Reds guy. Big, I hate uh, the Cardinals. You know that that's all right. That's all right. No, no <laughs> oh, I've been born and raised to hate the Cardinals since I came out of the womb. That's just how it goes with our two teams. But uh, I think I, I think that NL Central will be kind of like a, I don't want I I, I don't want to say like a shitstorm. <laughs> that's what it kind of is. It's right? always I mean, tight. It's just kind of teams that are just kind of clustered together and yeah. And, and we're recording this on a uh, Monday, June seventh. And I have one question I ask you, Andrew. Uh, How'd that sweep feel? You know, game sweep. I, I wasn't really too upset <laughs> about it because uh, because we are not playing particularly well. Uh, obviously, we'd like to play better. The game yesterday, Sunday, hurt quite a bit. Just yeah. being able to oh, call yeah. all the way back. Scared and, me. And uh, kind of give that up. It just kind of like a capper of, uh, of a really – Tough stretch. The Cardinals are currently 31 and 29, almost close to falling to fourth place. Uh, they're five and zero versus the Pirates and 24 and 29 versus everybody else. So uh, that's not great. They've lost seven of eight. Uh, the Cardinals currently lead the MLB in walks with 269, 27 ahead of the uh, second place team. What what is the second place team? I can you guess? Second Cubs. place team with the Reds. We're in second now. I have not seen with, that. Uh, okay, they've, we were they've in walked, third. Uh, they've they've walked. The Reds have walked 242 batters, 27 behind the Cardinals. Our pitching and, staff, our, our our bullpen is just abysmal. Our uh, starters have been putting up quality starts, and then I mean, all, all Reds fans just we dread when they finally get up going to those bullpen because it's just awful. I mean, we also we also lead the league in like uh, dog shit. The the Cardinals uh, also lead the league in hit by pitch batters hit by pitch with forty eight. 
<laughs> That's a good stat. <laughs> I mean, so they're I mean, they're giving up. I mean, look at all those look at all those free runners they're giving up. I mean, it, it's sometimes it's just it's very painful to watch. And uh the, the injuries, you know, haven't helped. You know, they, they lost Flaherty, they lost lost Kim both while running the bases and, and swinging the bat and uh mm-hmm. They've been, they've been out with Bader and, and DeYoung, and Molina left the game early this weekend. So they've definitely had the injury bug, but, it, you know, it's just, it's just been a rough stretch. Uh, but but on the bright side, you know, there's there's over 100 games left to go, and, and yeah. hopefully they can uh, – I, I believe the Reds will stick around, obviously, you know, Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the only bright They're almost like not even human, offense. you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're – they're carrying the Reds right now offensively, and Winker obviously yeah, killed they the Cardinals. They lead the NL weekend. right now. Just Castellanos and Winker lead the NL right now. Castellanos' batting average is a .359, and Jesse Winker is right behind him with a .350. I mean, that's that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, and I Winker. Mean, I mean, sorry to say, it, but Winker owned the Cardinals this weekend. He did, and and they, that was kind of. I, I wouldn't say disappointing because he definitely deserved it, but to have him beat you. On Sunday, yesterday, hitting his third home run of the game. I think he, I saw something. I, the Reds tweeted out he's like the second player ever in Reds history. Maybe, maybe there might be a few more. I could be wrong on that. But he he's now had multiple three-run homer games in the same season. So that's pretty impressive. Two in the past month. <laughs> uh, yeah. he, he's been just hitting incredibly well. Him and Cassianos both. And uh, there's other players have just been – on the up and up. I mean, Jonathan India, our rookie in the past, I think it was, I saw it this morning. I think the past seven games, he's hitting like a, it was like a two, it was like a two, nine, seven or something. And he was, I mean, he was just, he's been playing incredible. He had a couple in, uh, bad starts where he was a little bit injured. So not playing his best. I mean, we've been riddled with injuries. Moustakis is still out. Votto is on a recovery path right now in the minors. Uh, Aquino, Aquino, okay, I can never say his mm-hmm. name right. He's still in the minors on a recovery path. Once we get our full offense back, I mean, we'll be back to that prime that we were in the beginning of the season. Like I said, our starters are getting some quality starts in. A couple of them are struggling, like Louis Castillo, who's supposed to be our stud. And he's the past couple, of, the past two games, he's been back on track, but he started out just awful. And then, like I said, our bullpen is just. It hurts. <laughs> There's a couple players in there that are standouts that aren't awful, but the rest of them, I mean, it just, it sucks. If we could finally get some players in that bullpen where we don't, we're not afraid to have them come out, we'll, I think we'll be all right. But it's, it's gonna be a tough one. Like, like you said, there's still over a hundred games to go in the season, and it's, it's gonna be fun to watch. When you have a fun offensive team, it makes for some exciting baseball to watch. And that's, I mean, that's all we can say as Reds fans is. We can have fun watching them lose games in the last innings because our pitchers suck. Yeah, we we can't seem to get India out this year. The Cardinals, I think he's like thirteen for twenty eight this year against the Cardinals. Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty crazy numbers. But uh, I, I will actually be going to Cincinnati this uh, in late July for a Cardinals Reds game. Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, to let me know. See if I can see if I can get some tickets to that. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be able to pull it out. Yeah, my mom asked me. She said, uh, "Do we actually want to wear our Cardinals gear just because they've, <laughs> they've, uh, 
they haven't been playing the greatest, but I, I, that's a that's a little ways away. So we'll, uh, not we'll to see. mention, you might get some stuff thrown at you or yeah. some things said to you. Us so, Reds uh, fans are not the nicest bunch. So so we'll see what happens. But yeah, uh, yeah it's it's definitely you know, as I said, getting closer to the All Star break. Uh, I kind of had a had a thought. Um, do, do you have a a team in mind? Maybe a, a team that has been a surprise or, or like a disappointment. Some somebody you thought that might uh live up to better expectations or just kind of disappointing or, or surprising uh oof. to be honest let's see i mean surprise has been the white Sox. they they're playing incredible this year their offense is fantastic i think the biggest disappointment right now is obviously i mean with the star power that they have the yankees yeah which, I mean, they seem to always be on a struggling path late in the season with all their star power, just not being able to connect together and pull out the wins. But, yeah, they're yeah right. I, I got the – let's see, I got the, the top five. I got I the rankings put up right here in front of me. Right now, the, the Yankees, Who is? The Yankees, 31-29, I think. The Yankees are 31-25, and 25, yes. So, and, and so it's – as you kind of said, it, it seems like, you know, the, the win six games, five games, six games, going on a streak, and then lose six games. Yeah. They can never uh, build on it. And like, and like I said, you know, with the talent, with the amount of money that they have, they, you know, they should be. And I think, I think overall, you know, as we keep mentioning, it's, it's still early. It's getting to the halfway point, but it is still early. Uh, yeah. So I think that, I mean, I, they should make the playoffs. You know, and I got I got the rankings here in front of me. The the top five really doesn't come to as much a surprise. I mean, Padres and Rays are coming in at one two with yep. the Dodgers coming in at third. I mean, the top three that's yeah. that's no surprise at all. Yeah. But then the White Sox and Giants are the two that round out that. And those I, two that'll be a little bit more surprising. But I mean, it's they're go oh, they're always good. So I, I had the Giants as my overall surprise. I mean, no, nobody really. Yeah, saw White them. Sox and Giants are two that we didn't expect a whole lot, but they're two franchises that typically are not awful. I mean, White Sox have had some struggling years in the past, but Giants are always kind of up there. I, I, I would say, yeah, I mean, they're they're solid, but I, I don't think anybody really saw them being first in the West, especially yeah, no. with especially with the Dodgers and the Padres. You know, they're they're two games ahead in, in the uh, in a West. They're thirty seven and twenty two. Buster Posey's had like a resurgence out of nowhere. I mean, this guy's hitting the cover yeah, off yeah, the ball. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Gossman pitching like an Cy Young. He's uh, first or, or he's second, second in the NL and wins, second in the NL and ERA behind Jacob DeGrom, who's like who's another animal. I mean, the guy is just unfair. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see if they can keep it going. But yeah, they've been a pleasant surprise so far. Yeah. And One I, thing in the MLB that's been a huge surprise is the amount of no hitters that have been gone. Can you? I want you to take a guess. How many? How many no hitters do you think there's been so far this year? Six, right? Yeah, six. Got it yeah. dead on. I mean, that's I mean, that's something you don't usually see. Is that many no hitters in a season this early? Yeah, and I mean, I, there there hasn't been. I mean, we we've, we've kind of gone. I mean, just kind of wondering where they've been. You know, there there was. I think two two in a week there, and and uh, the the record for that day I think it was like middle May. Middle May was the last one. There hadn't been one for about a month. And uh, May eighteenth, I believe. Yeah. 
and and I think the record yeah, for terrible. that day was like, or on that day for the amount of no hitters up to that day was seven, and that was like back in 1917. Or yeah, something. you know, yeah. I mean, just absolutely crazy uh, records that we're seeing. Uh, but like on that on that path, I guess. Uh, do you think do you think that has something to do with uh, all these? illegal substances or foreign substances that uh, pitchers are, are started. I wouldn't say starting to put on the glove. But, I mean, they've been doing it since, since baseball's yeah. you know, been invented or, or, you know, been around. Yeah, uh, I, I don't want it to be the case, but I'm afraid that it probably is. Cause I mean, the, the, the pitching stats that we've seen these, this past year is just, I mean, there's gotta be something, some help. I mean, these pitchers are getting the, the spin rates that they are putting out yeah. are just insane. The speed at which they're throwing. I mean, I mean, it's, it's tough. And the, the empires are cracking down on it. They're, they really are. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, you know, league wide batting average is, is way down North strikeout strikeouts are way up. As you yeah. said, spin rates, it's amazing. You know, I, I, you know, Trevor Bauer had a field baseball sent to MLB for, for uh, examination, you know, there's just so much technology you can use, you know, to, to increase your spin rate and, and all that. And uh, also just, you know, seeing a lot of foreign substances on gloves and hats. I know yeah. it kind of kind of started with uh, Mike Schilt, you know, going on a rant about how they made Giovanni Gallegos, you know, change hats without even throwing a pitch. And, and there was clearly something there. I'm not denying that, but. You know, yeah, some, some of these guys are just bad at hiding it. Did you see? I forget what team it was. But I saw a picture the other day. It was a one of them had a bright red glove on, and then had a green substance on the inside. That just yeah. I mean, that's like it wasn't even trying to hide it. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure if this is the one that you were talking about, but I know an Indians pitcher had a, had a red glove on, and it was either a black or a green substance in there. And yeah, that's probably yeah. it was because it was a same, bright red glove. Same, you know, same with you, Darvish, and and. Uh, then they had mentioned the Grom as well. They saw a video of him going, for, you know, from his belt to his glove. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, it, you know, it's it's a real crisis. It's a real issue in the MLB, and they're going to start to do eight to ten uh, checks per game uh, of gloves and things like that. And and the suspension will be, I think, I believe, uh, starting at ten games. That's what I heard. So if too, if, uh, if you're a pitcher, though, I mean, if you're a pitcher, that's two starts. You know, so. That I mean, that's and I guess you know, good for MLB. I mean, it, I, I say good for MLB, but I think you know, this is something that they should have taken care of earlier or seen earlier. Yeah, it's, uh, so it's, it's good, it's good and bad. It's good that they're finally cracking down on it, but it's it's bad that it's come to this point where they have to get this heavily cracked down on it because I mean, it's just it's taken away the integrity of the game when they do this. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, like, like we kind of mentioned earlier with the with you know the the fans throwing water bottles and popcorn and all that you know you yeah. just you, you just you just want to be able to watch the game and and uh, obviously you're, you're trying to gain every advantage you can uh, you know the game is super hard as it is and but uh, yeah it's it's definitely an issue so we'll see you know with these new MLB rules MLB policies we'll see uh, the new direction that pitchers take. Yeah. Uh, w- when using these sort of things. Yeah. 
on a little bit of a brighter note though you mentioned something about uh trevor bauer i don't know did you see the uh the clip of what he did to acuna yesterday i think it was yesterday or the day before on the on the strikeout yeah where it was a, on a, a vlog that he posted uh, i think about a couple months ago where he said he told all of his fans now he said just watch i'm going to strike out yeah acuna with one eye closed and then a video surfaced from a couple of days ago him closing an eye and striking Acuna out, just proving that Trevor Bauer is the biggest troll in all of MLB. And I think it's hilarious. I love it. He's a, such a fun player to watch and to listen to. Yeah. I, I think it's awesome. He He's such a perfect fit out in LA too. With the oh, he is. <laughs> when he, when, when he, he went to the Reds, from the Reds to the Dodgers, it sucked for me, obviously, but it was a perfect fit for him. And too, like he, he wants to be a, a social, he's got a, you know, a YouTube channel. He wants to be a, you know, grow his influence on social media yeah. so uh he's he's a tremendous pitcher and and, and matchups yeah. like that yeah, him and acuna are you know super fun to watch for sure uh, i would like to move from mlb to soccer you had mentioned in the open the u.s men's national team uh getting a big win last night what one hell of a game. One hell of a game, really. I oh mean, seriously. God, it was so fun to watch. It, it was like, oh my I was I was standing up for the last parts of the game. I couldn't even sit down. It, it had more physicality than the uh Jake than the uh Logan Paul and uh Floyd Mayweather fight. Yeah. I yep. mean it really did. People paid for that fight and then they could just watch more action on the side I mean it, it it really was crazy and it, it started uh, a minute into the game with uh you know Mexico uh getting the uh opening goal. The the this was the first the inaugural uh, CONCACAF Nations League final. So, U.S. obviously emerged victorious 3-2, but a whole lot going on. Their first uh, trophy since 20, the 2017 Gold Cup. Yep. Uh, first win versus Mexico in a, a non-friendly match since 2013. Uh, this team has got a whole bunch of young talent. Uh, we're starting to see it kind of round into format. The next, uh, the next step for them would be qualifying for the World Cup. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But but yeah, kind of back to the game. It's, it's just, I mean, it was an incredible watch. We had we had an answer for every time Mexico scored. Obviously, Mexico thought they had gone up two nothing scoring in the twenty fourth minute as well, but that was pulled back or taken away by VAR, and VAR would play another big role uh, late in the game. And in many ways. Really, with uh, the Christian Pulisic penalty, and then yeah, uh, Mexico getting a penalty. Ethan Horvath coming off the bench. Uh, Zach Steffen got hurt. Yep, he, our backup keeper had to come on. He was incredible. That was it, electric. The PK save that Horvath had was absolutely electric. If, oh, yeah. that would have been so fun to be in that stadium and watch that. Oh, and for sure. Part of that excitement. Oh my god. For sure. You probably got to heard that from miles away. Everybody's screaming for that. That was just incredible to watch. And and those are the type of things like it's always good to have fans in the stadium, stadium and yeah. fans in the stands. But yeah. to to be there for those kind of things, I mean, that's something you you know you'll be talking about forever. Just because it, it's such a, a a monumental win for for the United States over Mexico, a team that they they uh, you know have. They've always had problems with them. Yeah, they they have, and and Mexico's kind of been, you know, on that level where the U.S. wants to be. Obviously, they they hope to again qualify for the World Cup, but they they I mean they've got, uh, got a ways to go. Yeah, they do, but they they're starting to get our our young guys, 
plenty of talent. Couple, a uh, couple of St. Louis uh, uh, kids in the starting eleven. Uh, Tim Ream and Josh Sargent. So that's that's impressive. But uh, as I mentioned, Christian Pulisic, Sergio yeah. Dest, uh, Zach Steffen uh, is incredible. Gio Reyna. So they, I mean, and all these all these kids are are super young. Uh, so. Weston McKinney had a big goal last night after Mexico had taken the lead. McKinney uh, responded back in the uh, 82nd minute, I believe it was, knotted up at 2-2. And then uh, Pulsa got that penalty. Uh, I believe it was in the 87th minute. Yeah, which was uh, a technical shot by him. That was beautiful. That was, yeah. upper, upper right 90. I mean, God, that's – I mean, you yeah, you couldn't place that thing any better. Uh, but it was interesting, as I mentioned, kind of VAR uh, – checking that penalty, taking away the Mexico goal. So, I mean, without VAR, obviously, it would have been a different story. The, the mm-hmm. Mexican coach got a red card for putting – I don't know if you saw that, the, the replay. I don't know if you were watching it. The uh, Mexican coach got a red card. He, he came over to the referee while he was uh, checking out the penalty, and he put his arm around the referee, <laughs> wanting to check out the penalty too. Got a red card. He was sent off. It was funny. Um, funny, but he, stupid. I mean, come on, but, uh, man. <laughs> what are you doing? It was, I mean, it was – and then you, you had fans, you know, throwing – we talk about fans, you know, they, they threw the water bottles, had to had to stop the game because the Mexican fans were chanting homophobic slur. I don't yeah. you know. I mean, uh, one, one Mexico player got just absolutely pegged in the face by a water He did, bottle. yeah. That was a shot by that fan. We had a, we had a couple uh, fans invade the pitch. I mean, it, it. This game, this game, literally had everything. Yeah, there was I one mean, that crashed the uh, the CBS newsstand. Did you see yeah. that? The video yeah. of that. Yeah. Just jumps up there, runs and, through, and just disappears. And, yeah, and, and I saw today. I was like, what? What happened to this guy? Like, like <laughs> obviously, it felt, it, felt, like honestly, it felt kind of like it was like a, just like a drunken kegger with all these I, insane you know, things that were going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, it was like one after another too. I mean, it, yeah. you know, there was you usually. I wouldn't say usually, but sometimes, you know, soccer can be pretty dull. That was probably the furthest thing from dull. I mean, that was, that was an incredible game to watch. And uh, I'm obviously glad the U.S. was able to pull it out because, like I said, it, you know, it was a, a big momentum shift for their national team overall. Yeah, so. and, then, uh, and then Christian Pulsic, I mean, he's had a hell of a month this year. One in the, uh, the Champions League with yeah. Chelsea and then coming yeah, in and doing this. Sure. He is on a roll right now, and he is an he absolute is. stud. He's fun to watch. He's incredible. He's a great leader for the team with his experience over in Europe. I mean, that's it's tough to play over there, and bringing that experience over to these young men's play, men's USA players, he's going to be good for a long time. I hope he plays for Team USA as long as he possibly can. Hopefully the all those Europe t- – leagues and championships and all that stuff it's hard to keep track of hopefully none of those interfere with any team usa games that are important that he can come and continue to represent his country in an incredible way and hopefully team usa turns everything around because they've had some struggle years we've been luckily carried by the u.s women's team with how good they've been and the men's team has just been struggling for many years hopefully this win helps bring them back on track to the the years of the past when they were incredible with Tim Howard and that those teams that were mm-hmm. exciting to watch. So I think, I think we're on the upper, upper hand here and it's, it's exciting to see. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and we kind of mentioned 
that this game had more action than the Logan Paul versus Mayweather fight. Um, on that front, so glad I did not pay for this. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know how. I don't even know how much it was. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't even. Uh, look I at think that it was stuff. like twenty or twenty-five dollars, but still, I was. I had no desire to pay for that, and I am sure glad I didn't. You know, and they had, you know, obviously, uh, Chad Ochocinco on the undercard. I mean, it was. Uh, My guy put up a hell of a fight. He did. He did. He he said, but he put up a hell of a he fight. Said, I mean, he said he really enjoyed it. He said, he tweeted out. He said, I mean, uh, I've made a million dollars in uh, eight minutes, and <laughs> I can't wait. To, I can't wait to uh, enjoy God. McDonald's tomorrow. <laughs> so you got he's such a showmaker he's so he is. oh i love him um but i, I believe one of the great Bengals. yeah this 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 fight was definitely a money grab obviously oh yeah i mean there wasn't even a ref i heard yeah. judge so there wasn't even a judge there was a ref yeah. there wasn't even a judge yeah. i mean obviously and if anybody was going to win it was gonna be a knockout and i didn't think that was gonna happen credit to well, logan paul he put did, up a hell of a fight did you did you see the video that people say like Floyd may have knocked out Logan, but held him up to keep the fight going. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. I mean, I don't think he was knocked out. I mean, obviously he got a shot. He was, I think it was just a stunner, but yeah. I I mean, credit to Logan. I don't don't like the Paul brothers, neither of them. I never have really, but credit to him. He stood in there for eight rounds with one of the best boxers ever in the history of boxing. And I I completely agree. And I'm with you too. I don't don't like any of them, but I, I, I do have to, give my hats off to them really just just for the way that they kind of market themselves they are they i mean they they are freaking marketing geniuses being able to promote themselves and and just being able to put themselves in a position yeah you know uh jake's gonna fight tyron woodley uh at some point uh soon as well he fought ben asker and i I think that was also another money grab as well yeah. Uh, but I mean, I mean, just good for them on. And as you said, it, I, I don't really know. Does this, do, do you think this kind of looks bad for Mayweather or he, he just didn't give a shit? No. He just wanted I mean, money. he just went and made a couple million dollars too. He was just having fun. <laughs> yeah. He was, I mean, he, he, I think he only, he threw less than 50 punches at all. Yeah. But I mean, he obviously wasn't trying very hard to do anything. He landed some, some good punches and some yeah. good moves on uh, Logan. He was moving around the ring pretty. I mean, pretty well for his age, but I mean, I think honestly, he was just in there to have fun and make a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he <laughs> landed. Obviously, what, did like, not take it very seriously. Yeah, I think he landed what forty-three punches, and and uh, Logan landed like twenty-eight. So I mean, yeah. there was a lot of swinging and missing going on. Uh, so it it really wasn't that fun to watch. I, yeah. I mean, I don't really know what people they they say that about a whole lot of fights, you know, you buy the, you buy the freaking thing. And, and then the next thing you know, is like, why, why did you buy that? You know, cause it's just, I, I will preach. Till I, die. Around. I will preach till I die. The only fight I will ever pay for is rough and rowdy from Barstool sports because it never fails to disappoint. They always have some stupid action that goes yeah. on. Cause it's usually just a bunch of hillbillies killing each other. It's fun to watch. I don't have to worry about any disappointments like this. But I mean, they were both in good spirits at the end. I mean, they were complimenting each other. I mean, it was it, it was nice. Yeah, and, it wasn't and, something that I would have paid for, and I'm glad I didn't. But it was nice to see something end in a in good spirits. Yeah, and, and Mayweather said, I he just said, you know, he had fun. He had fun, and yeah. uh, and he showed his respects to Logan for being able to stay yeah he, for that long. Yeah, because he obviously Logan had the height advantage. I think he's six seven and. Yeah, he had weight, weight reach everything. <laughs> everything, yeah. The heaviest, the heaviest 
guy Mayweather has ever fought, if you can call it a fight. I, I don't know if you can call it a fight or not, but exhibition. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they they showed him. I, I I think his end around four, he was just completely gassed. Yeah, um, and, and the same thing happened to McGregor as well. The end around three or four, somewhere around there, and that was a tw- yeah. twelve round fight. Uh, McGregor that, that, was completely gassed. Uh, but uh, but that's also part of Mayweather's strategy. Is you know the first couple rounds, the guy's known to kind of just kind of read your strategy and and then pounce them there but there there wasn't a whole lot of pouncing going on it was just a whole lot of uh dollar signs you know yeah. flashing in front of the two guys eyes and and as you said complimenting each other a lot they, of money got earned last they, night they knew that they knew at the end no, nobody got hurt and they had secured the bag so uh is there anything else that you want to you want to mention that i kind of i want to wrap up with one more topic yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I should. I should and those Titans. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think this would be a good one to wrap up on because this just happened yesterday, and and it was a a blockbuster deal. It came out today that uh, Julio said that he he uh, he wasn't aware that he was on TV when Shannon Sharp called him. You know, to tell him that he you know he wanted out. He wasn't aware that he was on TV. I don't know if I buy that shit or not. Uh, but I don't. I don't. I mean, there's no way. Sharp's not that stupid. He knows that he could get right. so much trouble for that. I mean, come on. Right. Such a stunt pulled by both. I mean, it was a genius move. Whoever's idea it was, whoever's in Julio Jones's corner that thought that up, that was genius. But yeah, yeah definitely not. That was fake. We kind of mentioned in the last pod that we we knew everybody knew that Julio Jones was out of there. Uh, we didn't. We didn't necessarily no titans were in there i guess everybody was there you know it came out that the seahawks were talking to him the rams you know the patriots the titans the rave i mean everybody everybody was in on julio jones if you have an opportunity to get yep. uh that type of talent uh but now that julio jones pairs with aj brown and derrick henry have you ever seen heard of thought of a more menacing intimidating trio. It is incredible i tell you what vrabel likes his big guys and that is what he is getting because that offense is just huge aj brown julio and derrick henry if i was a defender and saw those three running at me i would turn around and run the other way because that is just going to be horrifying trying to defeat that offense right now i mean yeah julio's old but he's still huge and he's still good at what he does <laughs> they were already a good offense. Now they just got even better. Yeah, you mentioned he, he's obviously good at what he does. He has the most 100-yard receiving gains uh, since 2011 in the NFL with 58. All other Tennessee Titans have 50. Yep. So there you go. Uh, and as as an offense, as we see, it's kind of predicated. Obviously, Henry's going to be the lead horse, right? It's predicated on play action. You're going to make – Make other teams. I was talking to my buddy yesterday, who's a big Titans fan. Uh, is an offense predicated on play action? Going to make other teams stack the box, stop Derrick Henry, and maybe take a shot to AJ Brown or last year it was Corey Davis, who's obviously moved on yep. uh, to the Jets. So you replace yeah, and, and Corey don't, Davis. Don't forget they they also got Josh Reynolds in the offseason. Yeah, so he's, he's going to be a good deep threat. Yeah, they they did lose uh, Johnu Smith uh, to the Patriots, uh, yeah. but. I, there, I think their offense will be a lot more balanced. Obviously, with the threat out there, you can't stack the box as much. So Henry will get more opportunities. 
you can't double cover one and leave Brown or Julio open. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and the Titans' defense isn't isn't the best out there. They're gonna have a hard time stopping some of those other teams in the AFC. So that offense is going to have to score a lot, which is good for that receiving core and for Ryan Tannehill because they're gonna put up some big big numbers. Yeah, and, and the only team that could maybe give them a shot in the division is the Colts, but they, yep. they've got a lot of question marks as well. Uh, what's interesting is the Titans offensive coordinator, R- Arthur Smith, was named the head coach of the Falcons, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and then, so yeah. he gives up Julio. And, I, think there was, uh, I think there was a little wheeling and dealing behind doors there between – this. Oh yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. And I think that's kind of what made them a fit there was just kind of knowing, you know, what they're getting and who they're working with. Yeah. Um, and the, the exact trade I have it up here in front of me was the Falcons get a 2022 second rounder and a 2023 fourth rounder, which if you initially look at that, I it's, it's not a whole lot of stuff back for a star like Julio Jones, who also yeah. went around with a sixth rounder in 2023. But then you take a look at this and they also have to take on Jones's, sorry, Jones's salary of $15.3 million in 2021, along with the rest of the deal. I mean, that's a, that's a big hit. Well, yeah. And I had that... the money to do it, but that makes up for that kind of honestly, not very exciting return for what Julio Jones could have gotten. I And I think that's kind of mainly what it was, was the salary dump because, you know, when he comes out on the media, no matter if he knows he's on or not, and he says he wants out, the Falcons have zero leverage. He, he's, he's an individual that is a talent wise, hundred percent worth the first round pick. Obviously they didn't get it. Um, so you could say the return is underwhelming, but here's, here's an interesting thing. I decided to run a poll on our sports uh, social pod podcast, Twitter account. You can follow us at, at sports social pod on Twitter. I ran a poll and I said, who won, who won the trade? It received 59 votes. The Titans got fi- only 54% of the vote. Ooh, tight. I thought so, it'd be less tight than that. Yeah, I, I agree. So it was almost 50, 50. And I, I thought, to myself, the Titans are getting Julio Jones pairing with AJ Brown and Derrick Henry. Yeah. Didn't give up a first round pick. How can you not say that they ran? Like, am I, am I'm I missing a, something I'm surprised here? By that outcome, I, I mean, I on my personal account, I voted for the Titans because I think they won this trade by a landslide. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you you mentioned the uh, the salary dump. I think that might be, you know, obviously what the Falcons, you know, they, yeah. they did get a second round pick. Great. You know, and they're able to free up some money and, and still have Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Hopefully Kyle Pitts, you know, turns out to be worth the fourth overall pick. And, you know, but that that surprised me. I thought I thought it would be more in the Titans' favor. Well, I mean, they're going to be exciting to watch, so. That's something we have to look forward to in this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm already looking forward to the uh, the Chiefs and uh, Titans matchup. Hopefully, Whoa, at some point, I, I don't even know if they match up on the schedule, but at some point in the playoffs, maybe they'll match up. I'm sure they will. Yeah, they're both. I I, I have a feeling both teams are going to make the playoffs easily, and that's going to be an exciting one to watch. Uh, another another quick question on the uh, kind of, kind of wrap up the Julio move. 
where do they rank as top wide receiver duos in the league currently? Are they are they Ooh. the top wide receiver duo? No, I don't think they're top. I mean, you've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They've got yeah. Justin Jefferson and uh, Adam Thielen. I mean, if, are you are you counting as a Met- just wide receivers? Or are you yeah, counting I'm, just I'm receivers? not going to because I mean uh, yeah, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't. I would just say just receivers. You've got Metcalf and Lockett. Lockett's You've got Amari Cooper and uh, C.D. Lamb. I mean, I think they're, I think they're top five. I wouldn't say they're the top. Oh, they're I top think they're top five. five. Yeah. That top five is kind of murky. It's hard to decide between them because they all have, well, most all of them have an older receiver and then a younger one coming there with them. But definitely top five. I mean, with them, Thielen and uh, – oh, my God, I'm blanking on his name. The rookie. Justin Jefferson. Yes, Justin Jefferson. Thank you. God, I had him in, sta- in fantasy last year. I can't remember yeah, his name. He was a stunt. Those two, yeah, like you said, yeah. Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, uh, Godwin and Evans, they're all – I mean, it's the, that top five is – they're pretty evenly stacked. I think it's hard to differentiate between the five of them, but I definitely think AJ Brown and Julio Jones is top five, and they're going to be really, really good. And then having Derrick Henry as the running back there, the play action is going to be incredible. So that's going to benefit both of them. And then obviously Josh Reynolds running the slot. He's he's not like a stud stud, but he's proficient. He's he's going to get some. He's going to get some targets. He's going to get some receptions, and he's going to get some touchdowns. He does every year. That's just who he is. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll obviously see what this means for Ryan Tannehill as well. Should definitely boost him for sure. But as I kind of mentioned, you know, they they were run heavy, offense run heavy last year. But they'll have to be, uh, I wouldn't say more balanced because, like I said, I know Henry is going to be the horse no matter what. Uh, but having those the two guys, on, horse. <laughs> ha- ha- yeah, having those guys on the outside, and as you mentioned, Josh Reynolds in the slot as well. He's kind of an underrated player so uh, uh, yeah i'm already looking forward to that chiefs uh titans matchup whatever whenever it may be on the nfl schedule but that being said uh is there any uh final thoughts for today for tonight's podcast from you that's i mean that's all i got it was a good one we had a lot to cover on that yeah we 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 wanted to kind of keep it shorter than the last one, but it's going to be around the same. So, which is good. Yeah. Which is uh, definitely good. And yeah, I mean, I, I would gladly have a longer pod. Yeah, a lot. I mean, a lot more to talk exciting about. things going on. Yeah, it just it just means there's uh, there's a lot going on and a lot to cover, and and hopefully uh, hopefully we didn't forget anything, and hopefully you guys enjoy listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we'll try and get uh, another one up soon. I know this one was about a week out, uh, so we we'll see what the schedule. Uh, brings for us to here in the future soon but we hope to get episode three out to you guys uh, as soon as possible with uh, more great sports content and coverage from the uh, sports social boys uh, if uh, you don't have anything else Chris I think that'll do it for me as well uh, thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for doing another great podcast with me we'll catch you all in the next one guys thanks yep, for listening. sounds good thanks for listening guys see you in the next one